welcome back to the Birth Food Podcast with me, your host, Annie. Joining me today, we have three fathers, Elliot, AJ, and Ade, who will be talking to us about fatherhood and pregnancy and all that great stuff. So without further ado, welcome guys to the Birth Food Podcast. Yo. Hey guys. <laughs> hey. What's going on? So we usually do an icebreaker question, but I feel like if we do an icebreaker question for all three, it may be a bit challenging. But... I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you want to still do one anyway? Let's go for it. I don't mind. Yeah? Yeah, I'm up for it. Cool. So, it's going to be a proper easy one. (laughs) What's your favourite favourite Netflix series and why? Oh, God. (laughs) That's not easy. Easy? (laughs) I'm about to say. (laughs) Oh, mate. Uh, That is not easy. (laughs) Mm, 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 mm. There's so many. That's the problem. Yeah, so many. Um, Addy looks like he's in the spirit. Are you thinking about something? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. I'll say there's so many. I can't pick one out. I'll say Shooter. Um, I don't know why, because it's just intense all through. Okay. Really, really, yeah, I really got into it from literally the first episode. Like, it was just mental. And for some reason, there's this one about babies. And I just feel like, um, obviously, with my new position as a father now, because I watched it when it came out initially, but all of a sudden I watched it now and for some reason everything just makes sense. And it's like yeah. I'm picking up on every single, you know, about the movement, about what this particular thing means. And yeah, I guess that one's pretty self-explanatory. Cool. I'm literally Googling uh, Netflix series because <laughs> there's been so many. When you say Netflix series, are we talking about Netflix actual series? Or yeah, like series Netflix. that are on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. A series that's on Netflix. Or okay, Netflix. okay. Oh, flipping hell. That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to go Suits. I love Suits. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's deep. I just love it. I mean, it's just, it's how I, it's how I like to think as well. I like, I like challenges. I like puzzles. And uh, that's what it's about. It's about solving things. So that's yeah. why I like Suits. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Suits. I'll keep it easy for now. For me is, how do I get rid of murder? Whoa. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I want to commit murder, but it's literally... yeah. <laughs> What's the name of the um the the main actress again? I can't remember her name now. Is it Annelise? Annelise, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're like getting fed up. I was just like, you know what? We're just not going to get to the bottom of this, are we? <laughs> oh man, I think maybe maybe being a law um a law grad as well, I appreciate the series more. Yeah, yeah. Just think like. <laughs> You don't know what's going on. You're asking yourself, what is she up to? It's all over the place, literally. So many questions. Yeah, literally, literally. Yeah. So, guys, can you just introduce yourself? Maybe start with Ade. Introduce yourself, um, just a quick hi and who you are. Cool. Um, well, my name's Ade. I'm a dad of twin boys, non-identical. So, no day is ever the same. And my house is always a carnival because I've got two boys who constantly need my attention alongside their mum as well. Yeah, I hear that. Um, <clears throat> Elliot Shepherd, um, I am a parent of two. Um, Mila, who's two, um, and Bo, who turned two, uh, two turned one on Saturday. So I've got one and a two-year-old. Um, again, very full on. Um, both just started nursery as well, um, although they're not in nursery today. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, it's uh, it's it's full on and it's not cheap. <laughs> that's that's me. <laughs> I don't envy you. I don't envy you. 
<laughs> oh boy. Um, my name is Angela. Um, well, AJ. Um, father of one recently. Um, she's six weeks old now. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting at the moment. She's really, really calm, which I'm so grateful for. Cause yeah, it would have been mental if not. Um, and yeah, we're just getting getting on with things. Um, just celebrated my first year anniversary with my wife. So, as you can imagine, this is pretty crazy for a second year you know just getting straight into it yeah. but yeah so far so good um just yeah we're enjoying every moment of it and yeah amazing so yeah the essence of this conversation is really just to kind of stand um, um fatherhood and pregnancy so pregnancy from a fatherhood's perspective um i feel like we don't really hear fathers much and it would be good to kind of hear some of your experiences and for you to kind of discuss your insights um into childbirth and pregnancy with us so um can you start with maybe you, Ade, or yeah, you, Ade, um, talk to us about maybe how you prepared for pregnancy? Like, what was your preparation like? What was your antenatal like? Did you go to any classes, any courses? Where did it begin for you? Um, I think it, when it first began for me is when I found out I was having twins. I, I literally remember that day, like no other day, Found out I was having twins, sat in my car for 15 minutes, thinking, oh my God, what is happening here? And, well, I think my main thing was I didn't take in too much information. So I didn't take in too much articles, etc., because I didn't want to literally over overload myself with information. And what I found was a lot of friends and family were asking me, how do you feel about ha having two? And that my answer was, I don't know how to feel because I, I, even, I haven't had one before. Yeah. So the feeling of one and the feeling of two, I don't have a comparison point because mm -hmm. it's fresh to me. I went to some antenatal classes, etc. But I think the big thing for me that helped me to manage was I more manage my emotions rather than taking on too much information. Obviously, I need to know the basics and like, the critical information. But in terms of anything else, the way I see it is it's a reflection of their experience, which doesn't necessarily mean it'll be my experience. Yeah. It's just an indication of what, what they went through. But it's just more of like the scans, obviously the classes, learn the techniques, etc. But not just protect my energy by not taking in too much too soon, basically. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. literally that's all that was it. Oh yeah. Um for me I pretty much understand where that is coming from because that is something that is yeah, especially with my background with Nigerians, um, family members tend to feel like, yeah, it's like they feel by talking a lot, but you know, that has been helpful, but sometimes it can get quite confusing, yeah. especially because everyone has their different methods of doing things. And yeah. I remember my wife once mentioning something the other day, and um, so she was talking to some aunties and essentially they were talking about, um, you know, when it comes to bathing, basically with the baby, like someone said, and all of them were health professionals, by the way, so pretty knowledgeable, you know, you would expect they should have that kind of understanding anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so the first auntie came across and said, you know, make sure every single day you wash her, make sure you make sure you clean every nook and crown and make sure it's something you do on a daily basis. The second auntie came and said, no, 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 no. Every day is too much. Make sure you do it every three, like every other day, every three days kind of thing. And then there was someone else who said every five days. And then spoke to the old visitor. She said, nah, just once a week. And <laughs> it was just crazy. It's just like, okay, guys, so who do we listen to? And I know obviously this is just a silly little example, but that just showed exactly 
what it was like, you know, with regards to just generally getting prepared and just naturally, you know, just going into the journey of fatherhood or parenting generally. And it's something that I took very seriously as well because I didn't want it to affect my mental health because I feel like it's good, especially when it comes to your confidence, when it comes to things like this, because naturally you tend to, for me anyway, having a daughter was a dream for me because I've, I've got four brothers. So never had that kind of relationship with a female, only obviously the one with my mum, but having, you know, like a sister is not anything I've ever had. So having a daughter, I thought everything's got to be perfect. Everything yeah. has to be ideal. Mm. So I didn't really want to put too much pressure. So definitely I did some research and I've always been that kind of person, but I tried to make sure I so, you know, watched myself whenever it came to anything, you know, make sure you're not going too far. Make sure you're not, don't, don't go on Google. It's crazy. The kind of nonsense that's on there. So yeah, that, I guess that's my method, a bit of both. Yeah. What about you, Elia? How did you prepare so, for like pregnancy, childbirth, later? So, How did you prepare it? so we, I mean, um, I prepared a few different times. Um, we had, we had two miscarriages to start with. So when I first found out, I was, I mean, I never forget the first time I found out he was pregnant. I had, I was at work and she kept asking me I was coming home for lunch, which I never do. And I was like, why would you ask to come home for lunch? I was thinking, what has she got to tell me? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, when I found out, I, I just remember like everything around me went slow motion. Like even like people talking to me, it went like really deep, like really deep voice. And I was just like, I was just sort of zoned out completely. And then, um, and then I just thought it is what it is. Like it's just get on with it sort of thing. So the first time absolutely buzzing, uh, obviously found out what happened. Second time also buzzing. And, uh, and then we sort of thought, oh, wow, like it's, it's maybe not going to happen for us. Um, but when uh, we found out Mila was going to, um, going to, well, we, we've got further down the line as such. Um, I think we started to get a bit more excited, mm-hmm. although, uh, consciously we were a lot more, um, reserved. We wasn't, um, sort of holding our, our breath as such. Um, also we was holding our breath, should I say, sorry, on this and just waiting to sort of get further and further and further down the line. Yeah. But in terms of preparing for the, the, the pregnancy and the birth itself, um, we did do uh, uh, NCT classes. Uh, for me, that was a massive help. I mean, if if, any, if you can afford it, I always say to anyone, if you can afford an NCT class, absolutely invest yeah. that, that couple hundred quid because for what I learned out of those classes, uh, for me, were, in, uh, were invaluable um, in terms of how to look after Lee, how to be a good birthing partner, um, how to prepare um, the house, how to, to to look after my children or child um, when they when they arrive. Um, for me, as I said, was invaluable. So, um, yeah, I, I think you know Lee is very um, maternal as, as a person. She's a teacher. She's been around kids all her life. Um, she's got uh, five brothers. She's got wow. uh, many cousins, which are um, all around the same age or, or younger. So she she helped look after them at a younger age as well. So when yeah. it came to sort of the baby side of things, I said, I, Lee, Lee taught me everything as well as NCT. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it was as a new father, it was mm-hmm. opening for me in terms of what you had to do um, from start to finish uh, in terms of pre-pregnancy pre-birth and also when the baby turns up is a, a lot to learn so yeah. i read books um you know as i've done this tea class and uh lee tried to get me to watch one born every minute my <laughs> recommendation is do not watch it <laughs> do not watch it wow it's vivid <laughs> but it's very true some of the stuff you see but you know it's tv so you, you, yeah. you've got to make sure um you don't you don't anything can happen in pregnancy you know you absolutely absolutely 
What ways um, do you guys think you changed when you became a father? What were some of the things that you started to do or started to think about or started to prioritise um, as soon as you saw your baby? <laughs> well, <laughs> there's, so, there's so much. There's so much. Um, I mean, for me, I, um, I think I became a lot more uh, understanding of, of uh, time. Um, so, you know, I've got friends or family that had children and they told me, you know, we're going to be late or we can't make it because we can't find anyone to look after the babies or whatever. Yeah. I think sure, it can't be that difficult, but as soon as you have children, it's completely in ballpark. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm also a lot more emotional now. Like, if I see any stories to do with kids, like bad stories in the papers, or if I'm watching something on TV to do with family, I honestly, <laughs> I shouldn't admit, but I burst into tears all the time. <laughs> 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 I'm so emotional with that sort of stuff now because I think you can just relate to it a lot more. Yeah. Um, and, and and literally, I, I mean, I used to spend so much money on stuff I shouldn't have been spending money on, um, like cars, clothes and things like that. But now it's just like all that's gone out the wind and all, all of our spare money just goes on the kids. And like we literally just, for, for me, our life now evolves around the children. Mm. Our everyday life, literally everyday life evolves around the children. Everything we do as a, as a couple, as a family, uh, is made in the decision of how is it going to affect the kids, what are the kids doing, how yeah. how long are we wait for the kids for, what mm-hmm. what are the kids going to think. Yeah. So that's that's my that's my that's my feedback. I mean, it, it completely flips my life upside down for the better, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think I can relate to that hundred percent because, um, yeah, it's obviously not a case where I feel like I was careless before, but definitely just seeing this new life especially because as I said you know a girl for me was just a dream I always wanted to have a girl first because yeah never had that relationship so it was just something that was just precious to me and I feel like I became more sensitive regards to my environment so naturally if you come into my house right now you better have washed every single part of yourself (laughs) before you touch up um yeah making sure everything's clean that you know there can't be too much loud noises we moved houses in fact we moved to a very so we live countryside now um i lived around milton king so it's quite quiet there anyway but it's like we've moved in i don't even know how to describe it but it's just very quiet yeah i just you know being prepared i'm doing all my research already for the kind of primary school secondary school and all that craziness So basically, you know what they call OTT, I've become that times 10. I'm just, I'm thinking about everything. And, I, you know, I was quite carefree before, you know, especially with brothers, you, you just have fun, enjoy life kind of thing. But yeah, now I feel like it's just, yeah, because it's a privilege, isn't it? It's not something you can take for granted. It's not, you know, so many people wish for this kind of, because we didn't actually want it at the time, but it's never something that you can't be grateful for. So the yeah. second I found out, yeah, my life definitely turned around at that point in time. And I'm just trying my best to just, you know, make the most for her, especially given her what I feel like I wasn't exactly privileged to have at a young age, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I think um, similar to what Ellie and Angela mentioned, I think for me is having kids, your time becomes more disciplined so i would say before having twins i could go out spontaneously or have more time with my friends more i think they can just call me and say oh there's a motive etc and i'll be there but having kids now is more like you need to let me know in advance because (laughs) i I have my kids and that's what's really important yeah i think more importantly is 
it's all about securing your children's future from from day one. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait for your child to be 13 years old before you secure their future. Every is like what Elliot mentioned. Every decision you make for your child is not today that matters. Is what does that decision look like for the future? Yeah. And it's also reflecting on. So for me, I'm always a reflective thinker. Is reflecting of, of when I was a child. What are the things that I can rectify for my children as of today? So tomorrow they're in a way better um, position. So for me, legacy building commenced from as soon as it, as soon as they came up. Literally, <laughs> everything that I then do for them is not for today, but um, for tomorrow. So yeah, it's like, and it's similar to what Angela said is when you see your partner giving birth. Having children is a privilege. It's not a guaranteed perk and it's not something that is guaranteed for everyone, which is sometimes the unfortunate um, parts of life. So when you see um, your partner or wife go through nine months of serious work and you see your children or your child, etc., you're very thankful for that moment because we do hear of scary stories out there and it's just something that you're, you're, you're more thankful, you're more patient, and you're more understanding about the plight of other parents. Yes, so, yeah, absolutely. So um, just touching a little bit on um, pregnancy now, how or what ways, in what ways did you support your partners during pregnancy? When women are pregnant, they do need quite a lot of support from their partners. It could be little things like massaging back or rubbing feet or just you know taking time out just to ask them if they're okay more than you usually do so what ways would you say you supported your partner when she was pregnant <clears throat> i think for me is for lucky for me my um my missus didn't she didn't get too sick despite the fact her carrying two yeah. so i think it's just um it's word of affirmation literally because a woman's going through different changes in her body she's likely to feel more conscious than ever before. So I remember there was a time we were, um, I was driving her and then she was, she struggled to put on the seatbelt um, and she got really frustrated. And then she said, oh, why can't I put on the seatbelt, et cetera. And I simply said, look, you're pregnant. So it's, it's only natural. You're heavily pregnant. It's only natural yeah. that it might take you time, but you don't need to feel a certain type of way about it. You're having kids, so it's only natural. So for me is just reassuring her because mm-hmm. sometimes it's very natural to see, for example, something that she used to wear before she was pregnant. And then the question is, oh, how am I going to fit in? Um, how am I going to fit into it after I've had the baby? Yeah. And then my approach is, look, have the baby first. Don't allow, because I think I've mentioned it to you for me previously, this whole snapback culture is very toxic for me mm-hmm. personally. And... It's a very toxic nature because I saw a tweet from someone which is a woman's body has transformed for a nine month period is literally being like battered in not in a bad way, but it's like it's changed so many, yeah. so many times. And for society to then tell you, oh, after you've had a child, you can snap back in two weeks. It's just <laughs> a very it's a very dangerous connotation. And I yeah. think from seeing it from um, my missus and other ladies is that snapback culture is already in their mind before they, they've even pushed it. So yes. I think what I would encourage all guys out there and what I personally did was words of affirmation is very, very important because 
it's all it all it all goes into our um to our mental health. Even as guys, what people say, it, we always think about words people say to us, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just constant pos- positive words. And obviously, if she's having a craving, making sure I stack enough so she like <laughs> the mold and ice body is funny enough. So just making sure I have. An endless amount of that at home uh, <laughs> just to make sure she's okay. But yeah, literally, that's what I did for my end. Um, from my point of view, I feel um, it was quite important for me to learn to be very responsive. So when it came to pregnancy, I guess, personally, you know, from a foundation, I feel like I'll, I had that kind of mentality of this is an ideal way of going through pregnancy it's like i'll do my research this is the best way to help the um, the missus this is you know the kind of food i need to make for a regularly this is how i'm going to clean up and the reality of all that was nonsense when it came to (laughs) when it came to it it was no such thing it was about being responsive i had to throw away anything that i had to you know do with myself what i found was my ideal was no longer the case it was more about this woman everything about what she needed was crazy but it was what was needed you know at odd mm. times i'm having to wake up to go get some random ice cream i've never <laughs> heard about and you know doing all sorts of madness it was it was mental and i also had to live with the reality that it, you know sometimes it's not going to be enough no matter how crazy i feel like i'm doing and how i feel like i'm putting my best foot forward it's never going to be enough and i just had to remind myself regardless of what i feel regardless of how tired i am you can't come close to what she's doing like it's impossible (laughs) and it's not it's something i would never be able to understand no matter how much i try i'm never going to be physically it's not you know biology already says that no matter how much i try my best to feel the pain or the emotions i can never come close so i guess that was what i used to kind of like just calm myself down a bit just to keep those lines and remind myself you know there's a purpose to this and there were days where she will testify that okay maybe she overreacted or she demanded a bit too much or didn't understand me but you know it's just about reminding yourself exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it yeah and yeah i think that was what was essential i had to be responsive what i'm just trying to say is there was no rules there was no you know this is the best way to do it because on a certain week i could have done something and she loved it the next week i did that same thing and she thought I was an idiot for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just had to be responsive. And I guess that is what we're still going through right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'll, I'll know both uh, exactly what you guys have said there. It's, it's all about um, being selfless, isn't it? It's, just, it's, it's literally putting that, that person that you love and uh, the person inside that person uh, who's growing that you love um, first before yourself. And, and I think, you know, even after birth is exactly the same. You know, your children and your, and your and your partner comes first before yourself anyway everything you do going forward is for your partner and for your babies um and i think that's that's both uh post and pre-pregnancy mm-hmm. uh or birth should i say sorry um and it's about making that person feel as comfortable as possible uh massages you know i i i, I I'm not a huge fan of giving massages. I've got I've got some big hands, which means I hurt people usually. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just I, I you know, but if Lee Lee was in pain, I'd, I'd give her a massage. Um, you know, she if she needed something from a shop at whatever time in the in the day or the night, I'd, I'd go and get it. Um, you know, we, we um, Lee um, um, obviously being pregnant, um, certain parts of her body was swelling up, so that means that we couldn't walk. For long uh, periods of time so it's about yeah. resting making sure that we weren't walking too far or we 
wherever we were going, we, we knew that there was going to be a place for her to relax or sit down and rest for a while yeah. um, and, and make sure she was comfortable. So, again, it's, it's, it's those different things you've got to think about going forward. You know, yeah. is that person going to be comfortable where they are, what they're doing, uh, and how can I make make the, the um, that person as comfortable as possible? Um, Absolutely. What you want isn't there. Um, so, mm. what else can you take? I mean, it's even something simple like going to a hotel and, you know, you're asking if they have any pregnancy pillows available or, if, or, or bring a pregnancy pillow with you, for example. It's, it's stuff like that that you've got to think about to make sure that they're as comfortable because when they're pregnant, sleeping is a different ball game. Um, you know, that they, <laughs> they they don't get comfortable very easily. So, again, it's, it's how can they get as much rest as possible to make sure that the baby can rest as well while inside, inside the mother. Yeah, amazing. Wow, thanks for that, guys. Um, just wanted to talk a little bit about labour. Do you mind um, sharing some of your experiences of labour? What was that like for you, um, especially your first time? You know, how did you kind of digest the, the process? Were you prepared for it? Was it a, bit, a massive shock to the system? Um, what were some of the highs? What were some of the maybe lows? But what was your reality of the birthing experience in general? So starting with uh, AJ? yeah oh it's a very very good question um where do i even start it was it was mental it was crazy it was beautiful it was everything in one i don't i didn't even know how to describe it it was just you know from i say you know as i mentioned initially i'm someone that likes to do my research i like to feel like i'm prepared so definitely i tried my best to educate myself i thought it was important especially during the pandemic, you know, with coronavirus, I felt like there was going to be several opportunities for certain people, you know, nurses and people like that to be dismissive of things because they felt like they had things to do yeah. or because they were trying to protect themselves. So I felt like it was important for me to be aware of what was needed or what was required so we don't go into the situation and, you know, find ourselves lacking something that was important. So, yeah, I definitely watched some videos. I tried to do some learnings. You know, unfortunately, we went because it, it was during, you know, the lockdown as well. So we didn't have the opportunity to go out and get some of the things that naturally we would have done anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I tried my best. I spoke to people that had been there before, you know, spoke to family members and all that. Um, but the reality of it, once again, was it was just so different. You know, no matter how much I tried my best, no matter how much I spoke to people, unfortunately, there was just so many things that I did not expect. And I just feel like, you know, and that is why this is a very good opportunity to have conversations like this, because I felt like there was not enough real conversations. I felt like people didn't do that bit to tell me the difficulties. The, the horrible... want, can you elaborate? Because well, we, I need to know what you're talking about. In particular. Yeah, the horrible like, things like, you know, when it, when it comes to going into labour, um, I feel like a lot of times people are just very vague, but, you know, no one told me about, okay, this is exactly <laughs> how they check your misses. This is yeah. exactly what, you know, this person's hand is going to be going, you know, all the way there. This this man you've never seen before. I was never thinking that moment. <laughs> I was like, what the? How is he? He was like, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> that was me, bro. I was confused. My eyes were getting wild. I was like, <laughs> no, honestly, oh, it, it is ridiculous. Like that is just an example. You know, people just—it's like people just went as. I guess some people can't take it, but I need the information. I need the details. If you need to be yeah. graphic, I don't mind. You know, what I'm going to see, if I'm going to be taking a baby, 
things like that. People yeah. just didn't say enough of it. Um, also, with regards to like you know the pain and the you know the kind of the way she's going to feel in terms of what she's going to require at that point in time. I feel like, yeah, be there for her. Yeah, be there for her. But what do you mean by that? Because the reality of it is when she was going through all this pain, she literally lost it. She was crying. She was biting me, <laughs> scratching my face. I didn't know this. I knew it was going to be crazy, but that's what I mean. And it's, you know, it might sound like, yeah, that's not really a big deal. But the, the smallest things help. That is one thing I felt like it is just, it's just important for people to know exactly what they're going into um and yeah once again during the pandemic i just felt like people when it came to the nurses it was just it's almost like they were trying to keep their distance and i felt yeah. very annoyed at that because we already felt and you know this is not me trying to bring race into it but you know one thing i already knew was especially having an african wife having a black wife it was going to be such that a lot of times people can expect much more than they would from someone that is in labor at that point in time i was told how a lot of times they expect that, you know, the pain threshold for black women is going to be higher. And for that reason, they might neglect certain requests. And, you know, for example, when we asked for Pajero, it was such that they just took too long. And I actually, I lost it a little bit. I'll be honest. Yeah. I had to go tell people off like, this is not proper. This is not ideal. You know, at the end of the day, we have expectations and it's not just particular to us this is what every every woman that comes in here should get so yeah. you know b being educated is important because you can't have conversations like that without knowing exactly, exactly. What, your, what your wife or your partner should be getting so yeah definitely I felt like it was important doing that research but once again it is just I just feel like we need to open the floor up for conversations like this especially for men because I don't feel like we're doing enough you know we're doing enough when it comes to anything to do with just the family life and labor in general i feel like we can we can educate each other more for such kind of you know such experiences because it will definitely make things a bit smoother yeah I, i'm i'm 100 percent uh agreeing with what, what you say there aj i think um i'm although i mentioned i thought nct classes i think for me nct was more around how to um to look after Lee during labour, uh, and that was around about trying to keep her as calm as possible, as relaxed as possible. But uh, you know, I, I think as a man, I, my expectation Lee was induced both times with both of our children, and um, so we rocked in on the Saturday. <clears throat> and I remember thinking to myself, "You yeah, were going to be here for twenty-four hours. Babes didn't turn up, and we're going to go, we're going to go home." So I was, I was there, like I was there, like like eating, drinking, uh, soft drinks. <laughs> um, and just just keeping chilled. Like I was thinking, this this you know it's gonna be fine. And because we I remember we went um, we um we we got in there. Um, so we were in this um on one of the wards where all these women had been juiced, right? And I remember sitting there thinking, there's there was eight women on this ward that had all been induced. Yeah. And they're all at different stages of this, of this induction. And basically, um, the hospital was really busy. It was, it, I remember it was when we had the heat wave, uh, not last year, the year before. It was baking this hospital. Okay. I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, like, I was not prepared for this. <laughs> so that's that's where we're at the, at the moment. The next thing I know, this woman beside Lee, all the curtains are closed around there, us and everything. And this woman beside us is like screaming in pain. I'm thinking, rotted. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, whoa, what, what's happening here? She's been induced. Like, what's happening? And I'll know well of a lie, within two hours, she pushed out a baby. And I was just oh. say like, <laughs> and I, I've still got to record, I recorded it on my phone, like, like the sound. And I was just thinking, I, was, I said to Leah, I was like, it, she, she genuinely, she genuinely sounds 
like she's being murdered. Like she was screaming this whole entire place down. She was telling the nurse or the midwife the baby was coming, and the and the midwife was like, "The baby's not coming. Like relax. You're only um, like five or six centimeters dilated." And I'm sitting there thinking, like, I'm still like sitting in silence. I look at Lee like shocked, and Lee's like, "Oh my god!" Like even it's, like all of a sudden Lee starts freaking out, and then <laughs> and then within minutes, this woman's gone from being five or six centimeters dilated to, to nine centimeters, ten centimeters, wow. and the baby's coming out. And all of a sudden, it's just gone silent, and then all of a sudden you see this baby start starts crying. And everyone on the on the ward was just like I remember like all the men like all the men sort of like I think we all walked out quite quickly because we were, we had to get some fresh air and, <laughs> and we were all there just like walking past each other like oh my god like, we were all crapping ourselves thinking is this what's going to happen to our other halves yeah. and then and then midwife said oh that never happens and then literally no word of a lie another two hours later another woman gives birth on, on, the, on the induction ward I'm like you said this never happens she's like it never it doesn't happen it's it's, it's the first time it's ever happened that we've had two women give birth on this ward at the same time in the yeah. induction ward I was thinking it better be the last one <laughs> 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 but like you know like, like AJ said like I was not prepared for midwives putting their their, their hands where they where they went um, to, to find out you know to, to, to check the cervix like as a matter you hear you hear these words you think okay yeah fair enough but until you, you don't realize how far a cervix for a woman is until a midwife puts their hand up there to, to touch the, the cervix and i'm talking like their wrists is like it's like yeah. like this this whole part part of their body is like covered <laughs> with gloves and up there and you're like like and, and you're wondering why you're half in pain i'm not <laughs> surprised but i was i was shocked and then i just remember thinking oh like oh my god like what what, what is happening here like i was just mm-hmm. so there were so many different factors i hadn't thought about in my mind i was mm-hmm. just like I was like days. I was confused. I felt like I've been in a, in a boxing match with AJ. I've been <laughs> got, been hitting the head hundred million times. I didn't know where, where the hell I was. I was so confused, and that's how I felt. I, I wouldn't even like to imagine what what, what my, my partner felt. So mm. that's where we were. With it. I mean, luckily uh, where we were, my my sister lives up the road from the hospital, so she was bringing us um, like hot drinks mm. from Costa Coffee, which is up the road, and whatever else, and keeping us calm. We were going for walks. Um, so me, when Lee had been induced, we were trying to um, go for walks around the hospital to try and bring them in um, um, labour quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, I think when um, you know you're a centimetre or two centimetres dilated, that took. I mean, we. Were, I remember like nurse waking waking Lee up at like two or three in the morning. Bear in mind, we've been there since sort of eight o'clock in the in the morning. Uh, the previous day yeah. and I think that they felt they felt Lee so they said yeah, you're about a centimetre maybe two centimetres dilated and I was just like is that it <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it um, I, I, I'd, I'd hardly slept all day anyway because I was so worried about Lee yeah. Um, yeah, again trying to keep her um, keep massaging her keep her calm making sure she was um, she was had enough energy so making sure she was eating enough food drinking yeah. water things like that to keep hydrated um, and then um, and then all I remember is, um, I think the next morning, it probably got to about three centimetres, and I, I was trying to push for for a room, and they yeah. said, no, no, we have to make sure we like, it goes in order in terms of who needs it first, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we got to about four or five, four centimetres, I think she got to, and then they moved us into, into our own um, birthing room. Um, now, Lee always said to me, whatever you do, um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll only take 
the drugs or the painkillers, the painkillers, let's put it that way, when I know I'm ready for it. So she was like, just, just don't question, just but, but just try and make me hold out as long as possible. I was like, yeah. oh, that's fine. Like whatever you want to do, is what we'll do basically. So I remember getting into the birthing, into the birthing suite, um, which is is where we were, we were at East Surrey Hospital, um, and it was. I'll be honest, I was very impressed with with the midwives there and also um, the hospital, the birthing suite. Very relaxed. Uh, we were play- I I brought my, a little speaker along, uh, so we were playing some um, chilled out tunes, trying to um, uh, create a nice re- relaxed mood. Um, I was getting um, some flannels with hot water and uh, putting them yeah. on Lee's back to try and um, ease some of the pain. Um, Lee was on a on a um, on a um, yoga ball and bouncing as well. So like just trying to keep it all relaxed. And um, obviously, um, again, agreeing with AJ, I think one thing I was always told within NCT is you you you. Your, your other half is basically out of it. She's not in control of what she's thinking because she's got yeah. so many things going on with her body. So you have to control the situation. You have to let the midwives know what what your what your partner needs. You need to be the the middleman, the communicator between both parties, basically, yeah. um, and, and controlling what's what's, what's happening. Um, so for me, I was always asking me, you know, are you okay? Do you need anything? Is it I can do? Um, and if there was something, she'd, she'd let me know. If there wasn't, then fair enough. Um, but long story short. Um, we, we got to the time when we had to push. Um, and again, that was, uh, I got to about two o'clock the next morning. So I've been there for 40 hours. Me wow. thinking we'd be done within 24. <laughs> um, and then, um, me, me and me and it turned up. I, I literally remember, um, I, I, where I, I had to slept for 40 hours. I think I must have had about three hours sleep. Um, and I made sure that Lee was trying to get as much rest as possible to that time as well. But I remember when Mina came out, I um, I literally fainted. <laughs> I dropped. <laughs> I literally dropped to the floor. Uh, I, my legs just went like jelly. I, I was, um, and but I always said my my biggest risk was um, for me. I don't know why, but in my mind, I always had a massive fear that um, number one, something would be wrong with the baby, or number two, mm-hmm. <laughs> something would go wrong with Lee. Um, but both were fine. I mean, they did say when Lee was pushing that uh, Mila was the wrong way around, so they tried to turn her, okay. uh, and they could, they couldn't do it. So she came out um, the other way, basically, which was a bit of a risk, but it was it was fine in the end. Um, but about an hour after we uh, Lee had given birth, <coughs> we were, we were um, my mum and, and Lee's mum was there as well, um, and uh, they were both both grandparents were uh, holding the yeah. baby. Yeah. And I just remember looking at Lee and she was like, she'd literally, she's mixed race, but she, she was white. And her eyes were like, she's like all black rings around her eyes. Her lips were like pale white. Yeah. Well, I was like, that's, that's not right. <clears throat> so I, I, I called it, I went to go see a midwife. I said, she doesn't look right. And she said, what do you mean? She was like, I said, she just, just doesn't look right. She goes, okay, I'll, I'll be in like literally two minutes. There, so yeah. that's fine. Perfect. So I went back in and I was talking to Lee and all of a sudden she started like stuttering. <clears throat> like she was like trying to speak, but it was like, as she was speaking, like she'd miss out half the word, and then like, and I was like, well, "What's wrong?" And she was like, "What do you mean, what's wrong?" But as she, she'd be like, "What?" what? Yeah. Like, it was like she was fitting. I was like, "What the hell?" Next thing I know, it's me. My fault. in. she was like, "Oh god!" And then she pressed this button, and I know whatever like fifteen, twenty people came running in, oh, and Lee, Lee fainted. She literally fainted. She literally just fell backwards on the, on this on the bed, um, and um, she basically where she'd. Um, pushed out Mina um she, she'd torn and, and lost a lot of blood it was literally like a scene out of saw like I've never seen much blood in my life like it was it was it was it was 
just blood everywhere. Yeah. And um, and basically, they said that she'd lost so much blood um, that she had to have a, a blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. Um, they also gave her some fluids and oxygen as well. Um, and where she hadn't eaten much over the last 24 hours because yeah. she was she was uh, on, on epidural um, as well. So she couldn't eat, eat uh, at all um, and, and couldn't drink a lot of, of water. Um, I think her body was, was so um, tired I needed fuel, um, yeah. so I was trying to give her some some toast and a hot drink as well uh, yeah. after she'd she'd come back. And but um, she didn't realise she'd fainted. She literally woke up and she was like, "What happened?" I was like, "What do you mean, what happened?" Like, I, <laughs> wow. I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember what happened. So when I told her, she was like, "Oh my god!" So yeah, so we had to be, we were kept in for a few more days after that um, yeah. for about another three or four days. Um, but that, that for me was was the first one. I mean, that was like the horror story for me personally, mm. um, in terms of what I was not expecting. Uh, labour number two, when we had Bo, uh, the complete opposite, literally to the point where we went in, got induced. I was expecting the worst. Um, I think Lee was in labour within uh, sort of 10 hours. Um, and then eight o'clock the next morning, uh, Bo was here and she pushed twice and he turned up uh, <laughs> and literally that that was it and we were just like it was just the complete opposite it was so relaxed so chilled out I think it's because yeah. we knew what we were expecting exactly um but for us the second label was just um was was easy very easy cool and what about you it's literally one word Angela said previously um responsive so mm. I think what I learned from labor is be responsive to the unknown but you can't prepare for the unknown and I'll explain what I mean by that. So with every woman's labor is very different. And if you watch, is it one one after every other? One minute? born. One born. That can scare you. But again, it re- it never really gives you an indication of what you're going to face. <laughs> yeah. So coming from an, Af- an African fam- um, like family, I received calls from every single member of my family. Mom, <laughs> dad brother, sister, my missus, family, the parents, etc. So in, in that, on that front, I literally told everyone, you need to stop pulling my because you're giving me anxiety and this needs to stop now. So literally, I just said, if you want to get through to me, you text me. If I need to tell you anything, I will text you back. Mm-hmm. So uh, originally, my missus wanted to push naturally. So they had to do something like artificial to start the labour, etc. Yeah. And obviously they started that process then throughout the day everything was fine at first and then she her um contractions started to like come too quick and after i was looking at her thinking this doesn't seem really right so we we went to the midwife and she said well it's coming too fast let's see what happens um i'm in the next few hours if not we'll have to basically do a cesarean so the older twins' heartbeat starts to shoot up in the monitor, and then the monitor starts to make a lot of noise. I'm there thinking, what the hell is going on? Yeah. These are literally three souls in one body, in which my mom is still calling me. How is everything? I said, everything is fine. <laughs> and everything is not fine at that moment. Then she throws up, and I was thinking, oh my God, what's happening here? And then she was in pain for like 10 hours. Oh. And Oh, no. key thing for labor is you need to make sure you look at you don't take your eyes off your partner yeah. at any point or at any period i didn't even need to use the toilet i was so <laughs> out i thought i'm sitting right here and then at one point she asked me are you okay 
And I said, I'm fine. And I gave her the biggest smile I could literally just muster. But behind that smile, I'm thinking, oh my God, what is happening? Like, and I remember, because I'm religious, I remember asking God, I said, please, my missus is pregnant and there's two boys in her. Please let all three of them be fine. So around half one, all um, the midwives, the doctors came in. I see them whispering. And then with, at that point, I literally thought, you can't just be whispering and I'm in the room. What is going on? What are the yeah. options? What is the plan of attack? And they mentioned, oh, we need to do the, um, uh, we need to basically cut them, cut them out now. We need to take them out. And I remember putting on the hospital um, gown. Scrubs, yeah. Yeah, the scrubs. And my heartbeat was racing. I was absolutely thinking, wow. To cut long story short, we got in there and they cut the babies out. Michael came out first. I looked at him, I was thinking, wow, twin number one. Then Joseph came out second. Then there was a brief second whereby I didn't cry. And I looked and I, I looked at the um I looked at them, I was thinking, what's going on? But to my missus, I said, everything is fine because I don't want to panic her. Yeah. And then after they just said, oh, well, they're going to cry in a second, which in which they then cried. And I was thinking, thank God for that. But yeah. I think the main thing that I would tell people is you can't prepare for something you haven't seen and you can't prepare for something that hasn't come. So the key, the aim of the game is be responsive to the unknown and deal with it, um, deal with it when it comes. And yeah. it's similar to what Angela's point is you need to hold midwives and medical practitioners accountable and you need to be very it's you have to be very to the point not being abrupt or be rude but you have to be very to the point with what you want and what you expect and if there's any gaps in your understanding you need to know fully what the options are and what people need to understand is and i think social media doesn't do enough is pregnancy is real and pregnancy is hard like um you might see gender reveals that glamorize or makes it romanticizes pregnancy but the reality is it's it's either your missus life or one child or two or triplets or however how many mm-hmm. children are coming out and sometimes things happen that you don't expect to happen yeah you need to be responsive to the unknown be responsive to any sort of situation and be measured and just manage everyone's expectations because i know sometimes as men we like to be very macho, but however, we are only human beings. If you've never had a child before, you're going to experience things that you've never experienced before. And I'm a big believer of, in order to manage my expectation, I need to manage the expectations of others. And sometimes you just need to tell people like, not now. Yeah. It's like, there's, there's, no, there's no offense because if I, if I had entertained all the calls that I was getting, I probably would have overwhelmed myself And my missus would have probably been able to see. And one thing I'm able to do is just have a poker face and smile, even though inside I'm going through chaos and Mm. hell, basically. I mean, men like to be in control. That's something that I think most of us know. Mm -hmm. And um, I think one of the feelings that men will experience during pregnancy, even labour, is the loss of control. What does that feel like? How do you guys manage the fact that you can't control the situation and you can't maybe make things better how does that feel like to you guys i think it's it's very scary it's a very very scary feeling because i think sometimes your mind plays tricks on you because then you think like oh my god what about if this happens 
or similar to what Elliot had mentioned before, or what about if the baby, something's wrong with the baby? And then after you start blowing that thought in your head, then what would you then, what would you then do? Or then you start thinking, oh, what would friends and family, how would you, how would you break it to them? And then you think, oh, what about if something happens to your, your other half? What do you do? How do you cope, etc.? Yeah. So it's almost as scary. Your mind starts to play tricks on you. You start then, um, you start thinking about scenarios that haven't materialized. But the, uh, the, the key thing is, is literally, even though you feel helpless or scary, you need to block those very potential dark thoughts. So it's like, you, there's nothing you can do. All yeah. you can do is continue to reassure your other half. Yeah, again, I, I'd, I'd echo uh, Addy there. I think um, <clears throat> from, from, from the first experience, I mean, uh, when we had Bo second time around, I, I just, I kind of learned that um, this is, I'm, I'm here to help as much as possible. I'm, I'm not in control here. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, just deal with whatever comes up, basically, um, when I need to. First time round, and with Mila, again, I, I learned very quickly that um, it's it's Lee. To, it, Lee is in control in terms of what she can control, and I need to relay it back to um, the, the medical professionals uh, and vice versa. Um, they know what they're doing. Um, you know, for me, it was like I was literally giving them my world and saying, <clears throat> look after this. Um, you know, if anything wrong, then it's a different story. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just do what you have to do to make sure the the scenario that we we want to happen happens, basically. Mm. And, and that was it. Uh, you know, I think um, you just had to trust that person or people um, yeah. to deliver, basically. And, and that's what, for me, it was about. It was just about trying to trust people that I've never met before um, to, to, to make sure that um, my will was was perfect was fine and, and wasn't gonna wasn't gonna have any issues at all what about you aj um yeah i you know similar to the guys i found it very very difficult it's very i don't know it's just something that i'm not used to um i found that you know most times in life i was expected to have things under control i was expected to make sure that things went a certain way but you know to not have that to have that taken from you should i say was very uncomfortable um, but I guess my way of dealing with that, um, I'm a Christian, um, my wife's a Christian, we're a Christian family, so I definitely, <laughs> I spoke to God a lot more, um, definitely <laughs> prayers, I told people, rather than call me, pray for me, um, you know, because it was something that I just needed to make sure I was very aware, you know, as much as I can't do something, I believe in God and I believe he's able to do things on my behalf, so I definitely made that very clear. I was speaking it out loud in the ward. I didn't care if anyone could hear me. Um, the kind of music we played, we made sure it was something that was soothing, but something that we also believed spiritually could also, you know, encourage a kind of positive and positive atmosphere as well. Um, so yeah, I feel like prayer was my go-to, hundred percent. God was my go-to while I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't in control. I felt like him being in control was even better than me being in control because I'm not a medical student. I can't do anything regardless of whether or not yeah. I could affect it anyway. Um, but also, I guess on my own level, I just made sure 
as I mentioned before, that I did my own research, that I spoke to people that, you know, my, I've got friends and medical doctors, I've got friends and midwives, I spoke to all of them just to make sure that I know what is right. And if anyone's, you know, taking the make or doing something they shouldn't, I can call them out on it. You know, as I mentioned, when it came to serious cases where I felt like people were being silly, I was able to call them out, talk yeah. to them. I demanded a doctor when I didn't, um, when I felt like there were some issues, we spoke things out and, you know, you know, definitely I felt like that was also helpful. So yeah, I yeah. guess that was my way of dealing with things when I didn't have any control. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Wow, so many experience like you guys. Wow, thank you so much for sharing your experiences. Um, just have mm -hmm. one final question just before we kind of wrap things up because I'm a bit conscious of time. Um, so my final question to you guys is how did you deal with the aftermath of pregnancy? Um, so like talking about the postpartum period now, I know um, AJ, you're kind of in that postpartum period now because you know your, your, your baby girl is six weeks. So talk to us about um what the postpartum period was like for for you guys what are some of the, the issues you had what are some of the things that maybe you struggled with um, yeah how, how did you find the postpartum period which is literally maybe a month or so after the baby yeah no it's been it's been crazy and you know as you rightly said we are still in it technically um at the moment it's you know we've we've just tried to kind of put ourselves to one side because one thing that we always knew was going to happen was there was going to be a lot of, you know, ideals. We both come from different backgrounds. As much as we're African, she's Malawian and Nigerian. That's like a completely different end of Africa. That's West Africa. <laughs> yeah. I believe South Africa or East Africa, I'm not even sure. <laughs> so already just naturally, culturally and, and traditionally, we had different kind of um, ideals. We had different kind of upbringings. So we already knew that as much as we both felt like we had positive expectations in terms of how to bring up this child in terms of how to nurture and take care of this baby there was going to be clashes and there was going to be differences and I feel like that's something once again that I wish people spoke about a lot you know the postpartum period is not something that's difficult because of um you know just depression some people don't have depression but still have several kind of issues and my wife by the grace of God was not someone that necessarily had any issues with you know any postpartum depression but she definitely felt, you know, like this particular bit, you know, when it comes to waking up in the middle of the night, although you might not be feeding, I'd like you to be awake. I found that very odd. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. You know, if you're not, if I'm not feeding, then why do I have to be up? You know, I don't mind changing the nappies or throwing away anything, but she didn't want to feel isolated in any way, shape or form. She felt like naturally throughout the process, one thing she enjoyed was the way I spoke to her very generally, even if it didn't have anything to do with pregnancy. And she wanted that to carry on even yeah. after that, you know, just to keep, just, you know, keep in touch with her, make sure that she's okay, even if there's no problem. And things like that were things we had to get used to our, you know, our ideals, should I say, you know, the way she felt about things. I also felt about things, being vocal. Yeah. Already today, we've already had a bit of a clash because we were talking about sleep and the fact that someone was more tired and needed a bit more sleep. <laughs> And, you know, it's just the realities of things yeah. like this. It's it's not easy. It's The reality of it is it's going to test you and it's going to push you to the edge because you're not just talking about your ideals. Just generally, you're talking about your ideals for someone you care about, you know, for someone that you basically yeah. come together to bring life out. And as much as you both love this individual, it's going to reflect in the way you communicate things. And sometimes, I guess, we just have to just pull ourselves back, as I said, not take it too far, not 
make each other feel even more distant because I felt yeah. like that was something that a lot of people tend to do. And I tried my best to communicate. And she's also trying her best to communicate that no matter what, throughout this season, as much as we're going to have issues, you know, as much we're also going to have very, very highs as well. I mean, very many highs as well. We should make sure that we keep each other involved as well. We should make Absolutely. sure that, you know, communication is important. It is the number one, you know, because that kind of feeling of me, my baby against the wall is something that I told her from the get-go, never, don't ever introduce it because at the end of the day, this baby won't be here without this, both of us being in the picture. So we need to make sure each individual is a priority and we're doing that every single day. And I guess I'll round it up for myself by saying, allow each other to make mistakes because there's going to be plenty of it. That was something that we needed to learn. I yeah. I am not going to be perfect. You know, when it comes to changing that happy, I'm going to have my way of doing it. And I would actually respect it if you back up, you know, because as long as I'm not putting it on the head, then I'm doing it right. You know, it's like, it, 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 I might do it a bit different, but respect that because, you know, I do things different. I'm from my point of view as well, as much as she might be a bit different, respect that, you know, let her make her mistakes. As long as you understand where they're coming from and you communicate and love, I think that's the most important thing because, as we've said, the intention is always good, but having any kind of, you know, starting to push people out or making them feel isolated, that's going to be worse. Because if you claim to care for the baby, if you're not teaming up properly, even the baby's going to be affected by that. So why even try that, you know, kind of dynamic? And yeah, I know I've said so many things, so it's because I'm still in it at the moment. So yeah, as you can tell, there's a lot of passion behind everything I'm saying at the moment. <laughs> yeah. We're blessed, I guess. It's it's a beautiful conversation just in general. So, yeah, that's been my experience so far. Um, <clears throat> I mean, for, for us, it, it feels like ages ago now. Um, I mean, uh, again, uh, you know, uh, in terms of what AJ says, I completely, completely agree. I think one thing to mention to anyone that has given birth uh, uh, is with each other or, or has partners with their children, um, you know, nothing is perfect you know it's not a, it's not a, all of a sudden you've got babies and all of a sudden you, you guys are getting on fine and dandy like if anything it's a bigger challenge um you know where you're not having as much sleep uh in some cases it can be very very little which we experienced for a long time um we thought it was up to six months before we were getting up three hours sleep a day or night shall i say um with um others it can be longer for the lucky for the lucky ones out there um but no matter what you know there's going to be a lot of challenges um as a, as a as a family as a couple um in, in that sort of uh, post pregnancy period um when there's a lot of arguments there's a lot of um tired heads on and people make mistakes and you know AJ spot on you, you you've got to accept that um uh, yeah, I think uh, other than that, it's just um, you know looking after looking after the family, um, making sure everyone's fed and watered for fine, um, making sure you've got a roof over your heads. That's the most important thing, um, and that everyone's healthy. And that for me was was what my 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 key my key drivers were um, post pregnancy. For me, literally, after my um, the boys were born, it took me literally a month to fully understand that I'm a dad. Not to say that I wasn't, but it's just more of, it's almost a feeling of, for literally the majority of my life, I've been, res I've been responsible for myself. <laughs> my, my own company. I go, I go to my room, I chill by myself, etc. Go out with friends. So it was a big mind-blowing feeling that um, I was thinking, wow, I'm a dad. 
And I used to think that all the time. And I think it's after going back into work. And I asked myself that, wow, it seems, it's almost like when I was working, I thought I wasn't working at pace. And um, am I, the questions that I was asking myself is, am I getting up to speed? Why do I feel that I'd be, I'm being slow at stuff, etc.? Then I had a conversation with the missus and she was like, well, it's perfectly normal. Just run your race and <laughs> run your race. And being a dad is something that you, you get used to every single day. I think after that conversation, I literally just took it for what it was. And is I'm a new dad. I'm a dad of two, um, of twin boys, which was also a very surreal, a very surreal feeling. And it's literally what the boys have said. Look, for me, the first few months were quite brutal in the sense that I had virtually no sleep because <laughs> it's either both boys cry at the same time or they alternate so you could put one down the other one starts to cry yeah and it's like my main message to anyone who listens is you need to prepare for arguments because it's like what Angela says your missus might say you're, you're sleeping too much <laughs> you're not doing you're not you're not staying up or is I remember one there was one night where um, Zainab asked me have you changed um, Michael's nappies? I'm like, I've changed his nappies. I don't know why he's not going to sleep. <laughs> and at which point I had to wake up in the next two hours. And I think it was virtually a time that I had 10 hours sleep for the whole week. So oh. I literally remember going into work. Brutal. I said, can I have a triple shot coffee, please? <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> and I have that please. And I remember he looked at me and was like, a triple shot to start the day. I was like, yeah, we'd start the day. <laughs> so it's the first few months. Like, it's a very, it's a, you're blessed. Anyone who's, who's a parent, it's a blessing and it's a privilege. But again, having these conversations, you need, we all need to be very frank with each other, which is, it is hard, despite it being a blessing. Um, there are emotions involved and, it goes back, even if you're from the same country or same culture or different culture, there's one thing, different walks of life, different mm-hmm. ways of doing things, different perceptions of how to do um, particular things. So um, I would encourage people to think one thing. You may be the same, but you weren't brought up the same. You don't mm-hmm. do that the same. So it's literally taking the good from your differences, applying that. And if things, mm-hmm. things that you don't like from each other, just have a conversation and say, oh, well, I don't do things this way. I don't do that this way. And taking those two things and making it into one thing. So yeah. constant communication is very, very important. Yeah. And, yeah. and both men and females, both the man and the female, definitely go through some sort of challenge. No one's, unless someone is saying after, after um, birth, everything is hunky-dory, in which I would then say, well, that's a very rare case. But <laughs> what we really yeah. understand is social media doesn't show you any challenges because the truth be, truth be told is your friends and family will come and say, oh, hey, let's carry the baby. Oh, <laughs> the baby's really cute. By the end of the day, when they say bye and close the door, it's you. <laughs> and yeah. 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 So that is the reality. So people, people shouldn't romanticize the idea of having ch- children. People should see it as a privilege that not everyone yep. enjoys. And people should yep. be grateful for that privilege. But however, with every privilege, there comes challenges. So, sacrifice. And sacrifice. So, you're yeah. definitely going to have to sacrifice. You're not going to live life 
you don't want to live life in the same way you lived it when you didn't have children. You will adapt to um, your circumstance. But what I told people is being a parent doesn't put a break on like your social life or your um, life with your friends. It means that you're more disciplined with your, with your time and you're a bit more measured because you know if you go out, for example, go to a bar and let's say hypothetically speaking, you spend 60 pounds. When you have a child, you know, that can't run because you have other costs. <laughs> you might have petrol, you might have a mortgage. Um, if, for example, the schools are going, um, the children are going to nursery, that's not cheap. So there are different considerations you consider, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be, I mean, let's, let's be honest. The nursery fees are basically the kids, two of the kids, they go to nursery one day a week and that's 700 pounds a month. Oh, <laughs> that's a mortgage. Stress. That's Stress. ridiculous. So that's sixty pounds. That sixty pounds at a bar is is like gold. <laughs> <laughs> it's like gold. Oh god! It's ridiculous. But yeah, guys, honestly, thank you so much for um, sharing your experiences with us, sharing your insights into fatherhood with us. Yeah, really looking forward to kind of seeing how you grow and develop as fathers. And yeah, good luck with everything. It was great having thank you. you. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you.